So nature is constantly talking to us. And so when we take the awareness-based practices of yoga and we practice those out in nature, what comes back is this language through sound, through feelings, through energy, through emotions, through uh, likes and dislikes, through animals, through insects that starts to talk to us. And when we get really quiet inside, we're able to listen. Welcome to the Solace and Shine podcast. This podcast is part of an online community at solaceandshine.ca. It is a platform for those yearning to remember their true purpose. We are coming to you from Ishtadev Niwas Ashram in the Purcell Mountains of beautiful British Columbia, Canada, within the unceded territory of the Tanaha Nation. The Solace and Shine podcast dives into teachings from the soul's ancestral roots. The teachings are here so that we may embrace the human experience and live it with beauty, courage, and creativity. These teachings will make you want to lean in and shine wholeheartedly together in community. Allow me to introduce to you our host and guide, Sanyasi Shivani. Shivani has worked as a medium and a spiritual teacher for the last 20 plus years. Through her dedicated practice as a renunciant and a teacher of yoga, she guides community through all aspects of living and embodying spirit through foundations of love, service, yoga ecology, and elevated esoteric teachings. Are you ready to embody your light? Welcome to the Solace and Shine podcast. Hello again, and Namon Orion. This is Chaitanya, a longtime student here at Ishtadev Niwas Ashram. Today, it's all about yoga ecology. It's yoga like you've never practiced before. It will help you develop your connection and your own language and communication with nature because nature, she's always speaking to us. And when we quiet our minds, we are able to listen and to really feel into what nature is saying to us. She is comforting and reminding us that we are never alone. When you participate in the activities of a yoga ecology retreat here at Niwas, it will open up a world that has been waiting for you to come back to. Birds speaking, wind wafting smells up to you, sun shining on you or hiding from you, clouds, water, landscapes, flowers, trees, mountains, prairies. It's all here and is speaking to you in its own language. In this episode, Sanyasi Shivani interviews several people that have attended the yoga ecology retreats, and she asks them about what it is and what they have learned from it. We hope you get inspired and excited and come join us for one of our retreats. The link to this ecology retreat here at Niwas is in the show notes. Enjoy! Come on, everybody. Shivani here. Uh, today's lecture... Uh, I've been asked to speak on what is yoga ecology to me. Um, being that the different layers of yoga ecology is such a foundational uh, expression here at Niwas, or aspiring to anyway. Um, yoga ecology is yoga or the union with the ecology, which is uh, the land or nature. 
Um, so for me, yoga ecology is the aspiration or the intention to live completely interconnected and one with nature, which means we live from the orientation of prakriti or being a part of the whole, right? Not separate from the whole, not helping nature, not taking from nature, not giving to nature, but the reality that we are nature uh, and allowing ourselves to come into the, the honor and the responsibility of what that means. Understanding that um, with Purnamada, you can't, you can't kill something here without life being given here. And you can't expect life to be given here without life to be taken here, that everything has to stay completely in balance. Uh, and that this is how the entire world revolves. This is how the universe revolves. It's always seeking balance. It's always seeking harmony. So the further it goes in this direction to the light, the further it goes in this direction in the shadow and that the pervading energy that is actually all of it is the truth one we see and one we see but we experience them as two different things we don't realize they're actually interconnected to the same heart right this hand this hand oh look they're two separate things look at that the light and the shadow they're two separate things but they're not right? They're completely connected to a much bigger organism that is always finding balance. It's, a, it's, it's really beautiful when you start uh, working with, I'm not going to say training because you are being trained, uh, and this is part of it. Um, when you start working with a border collie, uh, working with sheep, the, the innate nature of a border collie when it's working sheep, when there is a bond between you and the dog, the dog will observe, my head was the sheep, the flock of sheep, the dog will always work off you. So where if I go this way, the dog will go this way. If I go this way, the dog will go this way. The dog is always seeking to hold the balance between the bond of you and the dog with the sheep being in the middle of you. Uh, this is just, this is the instinct of nature is to always be finding balance. And the more light that comes to the surface, the more darkness that comes to the surface, because you can't have a dualistic reality without these two things always trying to balance each other. Okay. The key is to get them to be still here yeah so yoga ecology oh yoga ecology to me is just it is to me it's very hard to put yoga ecology into words as you can tell uh because to me yoga ecology is a feeling to me yoga ecology is is the is the expression of silence. Um, to me, yoga ecology is the expression of sattva. To me, 
yoga ecology is is a, a reality that has transcended the ego, right? Of ego is money put a chakra when we're in a lowered state of consciousness, right? Then yoga ecology is 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 unhat. It's the foundation of the fifth dimension. Yoga ecology is the manifestation of bhakti. Bhakti being devotion love when you practice bhakti yoga and you are in a state of devotion the orientation is always about what you're giving when you're in a state of devotion whether it's to guru or god or your child you're always in a state of giving of offering and to me this is what yoga ecology is it is the reorientation of self to be in service to the divine through nature rather than the divine through nature being in service to me right so it's like the third dimension is on its head <laughs> right the third dimension is like well what's in it for me what can the earth give me how can we take from the earth what much profit can i get from the earth blah 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 it's all about what we need to survive right not understanding that when we live in a way that is how can we be of service to the land we thrive when we're asking the land to always be in service to us, we survive for a time. I think that time is getting closer to the end. But um, yoga ecology is, uh, to me, it is the most, it's, it's, it's the thing that keeps me going, you know? Um, really, interesting maybe interesting story now when I look at it in hindsight I can see what Swamiji was saying um, I think a <laughs> um, couple of years back two three years back three three years back somewhere in there uh, it's kind of all of a blur at this point um, we were in the springtime and we were we were stepping into uh, another summer of retreats at Niwas and, and workshops and everything like that, trying to get, you know, Niwas to, you know, do what Niwas needs to do, whatever that is. And, um, and I realized that I couldn't function more than three weeks. I could go three weeks without teaching a class, whether it be asana or a workshop or a retreat or whatever. I could go about three weeks before I turned nasty. Um, ask Purim Judy. Uh, three weeks before I turned nasty. And, uh, and I was like, what is this? I'm like, 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 took this and like looked at it and went, what is this? Why can I only go three weeks and then I start imploding and I'm mean and I'm grumpy and I'm snarky and I'm, and, and I realized that a lot of my self-worth 
of who I was, was wrapped up in being a teacher, was teaching. Um, and when I recognized that, that I needed a hit, I could go three, three weeks without a hit um, of being validated as a teacher before my self lack of self-worth was coming to the surface and I would implode into a smothering, withering blubber of bleh. Um, so I canceled everything for the year. I canceled all the retreats. I canceled all the workshops. I canceled all the asana. I canceled everything because I never, ever, ever, ever wanted to teach from that place ever again. I didn't want to be that person. I wanted to never teach another class and be perfectly fine the whole time. So, you know, when, when somebody quits smoking, you, you've got to take the energy that you're getting the hit from the smoking and you've got to reorientate it into something. And so I reorientated all of that energy of, of, um, of what I would put into my teaching, I reorientated that into trees that summer. I reorientated that into birds. I started bird watching. <laughs> I started bird watching. I started listening to trees and I started bird watching and I started um, working. I started learning how to work with my dog uh, to work with the sheep. I started, I started, just learning how to listen to animals. I started learning how to listen and work and communicate with my, with the dogs. And, and I started listening to trees and I started listening to birds and I spent the entire summer working sheep, they call it, you know, working sheep, sheep working me, to be honest. Um, I spent the entire summer just, um, pouring all of my energy into trying to listen. And I didn't, I didn't understand what I was doing. It wasn't conscious. I just knew that I had this energy that was out of balance in teaching. And the only thing I could think of that if I wasn't teaching, what would give me that same hit? What would give me that same feeling of, of purpose? Um, and, and it, the tree spoke up and said, we, 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 the, this communication, learning to listen to the trees, learning to understand the birds, learning to identify the birds, to understand whether it's a call or an alarm or a uh, migration or, or, you know, what, what is going on. And, and then branching that out to the sheep and the dogs and the alpacas and the squirrels and the chipmunks and, you know, everything else, the skunks. Um, and, and so I spent an entire summer doing that and it was incredibly fulfilling incredibly fulfilling and and then I went back to Rikia and I said to Swami Satsangiji um I had a lot of self-worth wrapped up in teaching I don't want that so I stopped teaching and I spent the summer with the trees I spent the summer with the birds and I said now I realize I have tremendous respect for the teachings. I have tremendous faith in the teachings, but I don't actually want to teach anymore. I don't want to, I don't need to teach anymore. If somebody wants to learn, great. If they don't want to learn, great. I'm going to go listen to trees. Um, and that was, and her response then was, and, and now you teach only advanced classes. 
And I was like, that's not what I thought you were going to say. I thought you were going to say, okay, great. Stop teaching, find other people to teach and, and you don't teach. And she said, no, you, now you teach advanced classes and stop being so accessible. Um, and so that has taken three, four years, two, three years, whatever it is to try and implement. Um, and K2D is really a, a manifestation of that, of that instruction. But what I realized it did was it shifted my sense of self, the ego out of money, put it and put it into Anahat, which is actually where Sri Swamiji instructed that the Ahamkara or the ego actually should live, it, it is connected to the higher mind of money, of uh, Anahat Chakra. And that's when my orientation my orientation, my ego's orientation turned to the relationship with nature and the interconnectivity of everything. Not to be something to be aware of, but something to be lived. To hear, to hear the words upon the wind, to feel the balance of the land to to hear the heartbeat of the people around you to understand them and to be able to hold that space for them now i'm not perfect i've got a long way to go um but i can't think of a better way to to spend my life than to study yoga ecology um to live interconnected because when you are living as part of the whole, you're, you have this responsibility that your presence heals, that your presence balances. Um, and you do that by the orientation of thank you. You do that by the orientation of um, gratitude that First, you acknowledge, you acknowledge, you come into knowledge of the moment. You come into a higher knowledge of this moment. You acknowledge this moment. And in that moment, you bring gratitude, which means you bring your heart first. So you're bringing the acknowledgement, the knowledge of the moment, your discernment of the, of the moment, which is the top of the fifth dimension, yeah? and you bring gratitude to this moment. So every moment you're bringing the fifth dimension and, and aspiring that, that those two things will allow you to come into the understanding of the truth, which is Vishuddhi Chakra. But you can only do that once you have mastered faith, sovereignty, surrender. You can't fill the glass from halfway up. You have to fill it up from the bottom, from the down and dirty Muladhara Chakra. Indonesia, right? So gratitude, gratitude to the understanding that all beings are worthy of life. And if you're asking a being to relinquish its life, whether it's a tree for firewood or it's a deer for winter meat, whatever you're asking the life force to give itself up for, carrots in the garden, that there is an acknowledgement is an acknowledgement of that it is giving its life so you can have life. There has to be that acknowledgement. 
and there has to be an offering, whether it's the offering of a prayer, an offering of gratitude, an offering as in the Native, uh, Native American cultures, um, they will offer tobacco, an offering of samagri, an offering of, it's that moment, it's that moment where you calibrate to acknowledging that you are about to receive something and to receive something first we must offer. Always. First we must offer and then we can receive. First we must offer and then we can receive. This is the foundation of yoga ecology. And that in that first offering and then receiving, we come into a relationship of reciprocity. I'm never good with that word, but it's an important word, so I should get good at it. Huh? Um, and in that acknowledgement, we become worthy. We become worthy beings of receiving of receiving the life of other beings so that we may live more fully so we may be warm in the winter so may we we may eat properly so we may be clothed properly we it, we become worthy and we have to live into that responsibility of worthiness and this is to me what yoga ecology is and it doesn't matter if you live in a condo and you have a basil plant on your living on your counter Every time you pick that leaf, let there be a gratitude. Say thank you. Give it a little bit of water. Turn it so that it, more leaves can get to the sun. You know, if you have a balcony, put some bird feed out there. Don't judge which birds come. I don't like the crows or the pigeons. Or like, they are part of us as anything is they have their rightful place give feed and trust that what you are giving to unconditionally is actually what needs to receive what you have to offer they say well i'm going to feed the pretty birds i'm not going to feed the crows you know i'm going to feed the sparrows but i don't want to feed the pigeons you know, i don't feel that this is right relationship I feel that we have to give unconditionally. We have to offer what we have and then allow nature to tell us where the imbalance is that our presence is better, is, is best um, used. We have to surrender ourselves to being um, part of the solution, part of the solution, not the egoic the solution, but part of the solution, a servant to the solution. May our lives all be in service to the solution. Right? So everything there is, we say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for showing us the way. And if it is a shadow, show, thank you for showing us which way we don't want to go. But, but start saying thank you to everything. When I, when I was diagnosed with thyroid cancer, and I called my teacher, Ananda Shakti, of course, in tears. I was five months pregnant and incredibly hormonal and devastated and about to get married and everything was about to start and then about everything looked like it was about to stop and it was a very confusing time. Um, the first and basically only thing she said to me was put your hands on the ground, so Anahat Chakra, put your hands on the ground and say thank you. And I'm like, you're nuts. 
And she said, so? You have to say thank you. Say thank you for getting this cancer now. Thank you for having the opportunity to work through this. Thank you for just start orientating yourself to thank you because if you can say thank you to every single experience, then you're shifting your paradigm out of the duality of life and death in the third dimension and you are recalibrating into the heart, which will give your body the highest opportunity to heal. And this is, this is, if we want, if we want the land to heal, if we want nature to heal, then we have to heal and then serve nature. We have to heal and stand in nature. We have to become the beings that will walk thank yous. Because in that calibration, we are the beings that can bring the heavens down through the crown of the head, our heads and, and, the, and, the, and the blessings of the Divine Mother through the soles of our feet and allowing our hearts to be that, that joining moment. And, and like in that, in that frequency of green, that is the frequency of the trees. That is also, we are, we are not so separated. And when the land is hurting, we are hurting. And if we want the land to stop hurting, then we need to stop hurting because we have that ability of consciousness to evolve faster than tree lives. Forest time is very, very slow comparatively to human time. There is not just human time. There is different paradigms of time. And forest time moves much slower, which is why in Grandfather, the book by Tom Brown Jr., which is exquisite, um, he teaches, Grandfather teaches, who is this um, native, native uh, guru um, to, this, to this young man, uh, Tom Brown Jr. And he says, you know, your responsibility is to help the forest do things faster for its healing than it could do itself. It will get there by itself. It will heal. She will always heal herself, but it is our opportunity to serve. This is what we have to offer is to help the land heal faster. And what are we doing? We are living in a paradigm and in a consciousness we, where we are doing the opposite. And we need to stop. And we need to stop at all costs because every single one, one of you, I'm going to assume, every single one of you wants to live in this fifth dimensional paradigm, wants to be in this interconnectedness, wants the foundation of love and what, but what are you willing to give up in the third dimension? What are you willing to sacrifice so that you can step up into that relation, relation to bring back the family of interconnectivity? What are you willing in your egoic sense of mine and my family and my well-being and my survival and my and me, 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 my comfort and my well-being, what are you willing to let go of so that you can actually have the honor of living part of the whole? 
because you can't do both. You can't do both. So to me, to me at this moment, living as a yogi that practices yoga ecology, as an embodiment of yoga ecology, to me is 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 what I feel is is our tangible human potential in this lifetime. It may not be full enlightenment, but I do believe that we can get to there, but we cannot do it alone. We have to come into right relationship with all beings. Our orientation has to come into us, us with our brother trees and our beloved birds and every acknowledgement of receiving has first to have an acknowledgement of offering. And you can do it. You can start it right now. Start it right now with the dinner on your plate in front of you tonight. Thank you. Be the beings that utter thank you with every step. And you will walk all your way home into your heart. The one that I am. See you soon. Thank you for joining us in our Solace and Shine podcast. If you liked this episode, please subscribe, rate, and share it. We would love to hear what inspired you. And if you have any questions or topics that you would like for us to explore, please leave a note in the comments. Also, if you would like a daily dose of connection and raising of your frequency, join us on We Are, our online community. You can find the link in the podcast description. Follow the link and you will receive two weeks for free. See you soon. And don't forget, soften and expand.